0: Hey, everyone. So, I just recently released an episode on Islam and anti-Semitism, and in it, I voiced my anxiety over whether or not I was using the word surah in the proper context. Well, it turns out I wasn't. At times, I was using it to refer to particular verses, when technically a surah is a chapter, not a verse, which leads me to my second mistake. I described the Qur'an as being made up of different books, similar to the Bible, but technically these different parts are referred to as chapters, not books. All the research I put into that episode and some of the most basic facts about the Qur'an somehow managed to elude me. As someone who really values truth and honesty, one of my biggest fears when doing this podcast is that I'm going to accidentally put something that's factually wrong out there. So my apologies. Uh, hey, at least I corrected myself, right? Anyway, onward. I know a lot of people don't have the patience nor desire to to sit through an episode that's over an hour in length. So I thought I'd do a short little video or episode where I focus more closely on Surah 5 verse 32, or is it Ayat 32? Uh, It's the one about how if you kill one person, it's as if you killed all of mankind, and if you save one person, it's as if you saved all of mankind. And as I mentioned in the last episode, I used to find it very positive and inspirational until one day I heard someone bring up the fact that when you put it into context, it might not be as sunny as it seems on face value. So I'll read it now. So here it is, Sarah 532. "...because of that we ordained for the children of Israel," and that would be meaning the Jews, "...that if anyone killed a person not in retaliation of murder or and to spread mischief in the land, it would be as if he killed all mankind, and if anyone saved a life, it would be as if he saved the life of all mankind. And indeed there came to them our messengers with clear proofs, evidences, and signs," Even then, after that, many of them continued to exceed the limits, e.g. by doing oppression unjustly, and exceeding beyond the limits set by Allah by committing the major sins in the land. So, already the tone is a little darker when you put it into context, but then immediately below that, we have verse, or ayat 33, The recompense of those who wage war against Allah and his messenger and do mischief in the land is only that they shall be killed or crucified, or their hands and feet be cut off on the opposite sides, or be exiled from the land. That is their disgrace in this world, and a great torment is theirs in the hereafter. Then I'll read 34 too. Except for those who, having fled away and then came back as Muslims... With repentance before they fall into your power. In that case, know that Allah is oft forgiving, most merciful. So, as you can see, that when you take that quote and put it in context with the surrounding material, not so uplifting. And the two issues that I pointed out last time were that one, it starts off by addressing the quote unquote children of Israel, meaning the Jews. And as I pointed out, this could be seen as meaning that this rule about how if you kill one person, it's as if you killed all of mankind, was meant for Jews specifically or non-Muslims in general, so as if Muslims and non-Muslims were being held to different standards. But in fairness, I also stated that perhaps this was a moral standard that Muslims held themselves to as well. The other obvious problem is that right on the heels of this verse, which many Like to tout as an example of Islamic moral virtue, we have another which prescribes crucifixion and the cutting off of hands and feet, not to mention the threat of eternal punishment. Then after that, it mentions that you can receive forgiveness and mercy if you scurry back, as you guessed it, a Muslim. In an attempt to thwart any apologists or critics who may want to take me to task, I'll readily admit I'm obviously not an Islamic scholar. I wasn't even sure about the proper definition of surah. But I think it's hard to argue that when you put that cherry quote into context, the overall tone is quite different. It shifts from something life-affirming to something quite dark and draconian. And I'm not trying to pick on Islam here, but if we atheists or critics of religion are going to be honest, we should be willing to criticize troubling religious texts in general and not give any particular religion a free pass in the name of political correctness or fear of reprisal. But I hope you guys like this bite-sized episode. All right, later, and until next time.